Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the CAV Sports Podcast. It's your host with the most, Chris. Hope everyone's having a fantastic day today. I got on my CD Lamb jersey for today's episode. Got a little bit of talk about a little bit of cowboy stuff going on, too. And just some other stuff like that. As you guys, if you're watching this on YouTube, if you're not, if you're listening to this on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, I'm on all three. Um, if you can't see this, but if you're on YouTube and you can clearly see this, the room is a lot more empty than it was last episode. Like I mentioned in the last episode, I am in the middle of a move right now, so the room is going to be more and more empty probably uh, by next week. This Probably this whole area is going to be just gone uh, whenever I shoot the next episode for the podcast, so just kind of, you know... It's going to be a little blank for a while, so because I am in the middle of a move, I'm kind of slowly getting bigger stuff out, you know, kind of slowly moving out of this room, so a lot of, you know, it's going to be real empty probably in the next episode, and then probably the episode after that, I will be somewhere else, so then you guys can see, you know, where I'm going to be, you know, probably the new setup, if I can make a new setup. It's going to be interesting to see what I'm going to do uh, going forward since I am moving out of this place into somewhere else. So, but I'm very excited for it, and hopefully you guys are excited for it too. But just like I said, if, you, if you're watching this on YouTube, if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Amazon Music, the room is getting more and more empty. So more and more kind of just white walls everywhere, a little bit of stuff, you know, kind of in certain places or boxes, if you guys see boxes. So kind of keep that in mind as we go through these next two episodes with me in the middle of a move. So stuff is slowly going to be more, more and more clear, and hopefully we can get through this, you know, pretty sound and smoothly. And then I can get the new setup going for you guys. But enough talking about my moving stuff. Let's get straight into the episode. So first off, before we go into a lot of NFL topics going on right now, let's start off with another great time of the year. It holds near and dear to everybody's heart. Fantasy football is about to begin soon. I'm very excited. I hope all of y'all are excited for fantasy football. Hope you guys are watching the mock Fantasy drafts, seeing who you guys are going to get your lineups. Hopefully, you guys have gotten a group. You've got a group of friends, family, whatever you got going on. So, for me personally, whenever I do fantasy football, I do two apps. I do um, DraftKings, and I also do NFL Fantasy, which is the one that's kind of more tied to the NFL network. It's not like Yahoo or ESPN. It's the other. It's a different one. Um, so, I do DraftKings with my parents because we have like a little family bet going on. Is that whoever wins? Whoever wins that uh, at the end of the season, whoever wins, uh, all the losers buy them buy the winner dinner. So that's very fun to do. So we've been doing that for a few years now, and it's a lot of fun. I like DraftKings a lot just because I like how the setup we do. So what we do is you pick different players every week. You get a lineup. You get like a balance of like I think that's like fifty thousand dollars, not of real money, but it's like your like your like your salary cap is like fifty thousand and. Obviously, all the players, depending on how they do, either cost more or less than the other. It's a lot of fun, in my opinion. I think it's very different than just straight, you know, fantasy draft. that You just pack, you know, you just draft the players for the season, and that's your team for the whole year. I do like how DraftKings kind of goes in that direction. I know a lot of people like DraftKings because they also, you know, you can place bets on there. You can win money from them, however you like it. But I do like the aspect that you get a new team every week, so we've been doing that. And it's been, like, easiest to kind of work with and keep track of. So I'm very excited for that to start up pretty soon, especially since the NFL season is right around the corner. Training camps are about to begin soon. A lot of teams are about to start making their way to training camp. That's very exciting. Hard Knocks already announced the Jets. And now for the other fantasy app that I use, NFL Fantasy, that's a group I have like with some close friends of mine. And we just, you know, we do a draft. We have some fun with it. So this year I'm very excited to 
you know, a couple of new people are coming into the group this year to do the draft. I'm very, very excited. But I want to know, would you guys want me to do a live draft thing? That'd be pretty cool as an idea kind of uh, that was brought up to me by a buddy of mine that's actually in the same group uh, in the fantasy in the fantasy football group that I'm in this year. Uh, he asked, you, are you going to do maybe a live episode of like fantasy draft or something? Uh, I may have to think about it, but if you guys want to see that, that'd be pretty cool. Um, I'll look into it and see what I can do. Or, of course, after I draft my fantasy my fantasy team for the year, I'll upload it to you guys, and you guys can criticize me or let me know, you know, which picks you would have else, you know, who else would you would have gone with, or who else, you know, what does your team look like? I can grade what you got, who you guys drafted. I know it's a, I know it's a real big dependency thing because sometimes you end up, you know, with a good draft pick in fantasy, or you end up in the back of the line. I know last year. Um, I ended up, uh, I ended up towards more of the later round picks because I did really well in that previous season. So it's going to be 50, 50 cause I did okay last season, but I'm very excited. If I get a decent, a decent pick, uh, pick number, then I think I'll be fine. But if not, it may have to just depend on who's available and who's left. Cause I think I forgot how many we're going to, I think we're having like 14 people in our group. If I remember correctly, it's something like that, but Still, I'm very excited. I can't wait for it. Uh, I think we're doing our fantasy, uh, like our little fantasy, like either draft party or whatever. Uh, I think we're going to do that towards more August, or we're going to see kind of when we can do it. I know we're probably going to do it either before training camp or after, like probably during the preseason, but definitely before we start the NFL season. I'm very excited for it, and I'm ready for it. So, But if you guys want to see my fantasy team, or if you guys want me to grade who you guys drafted in your fantasy leagues, let me know. Send me some DMs. Send me uh, some screenshots of who you guys got. I'll send you. I'll post. I'll definitely post who I got in my fantasy leagues. And maybe I'll do like a DraftKings thing where I do. I kind of just do one every week. Like here's my thing. Let me know what you guys think. I think that'd be pretty cool to kind of just show you guys who I have for DraftKings for that week. And you guys can go about it from there and kind of just let me know what you guys think about that. Also, what else is going on? Trading camp is around the corner. Like I said, most teams are about to start reporting too training camp within the next week or so i'm very excited about that like i said school of hard knocks it was announced last week that the jets are going to get you know some tv time on school of hard knocks Aaron Rodgers being there we're all excited to see it's going to be some pretty interesting rating stuff going on the ratings are definitely going to be high because everyone wants to know what's going on with the jets what's going on with aaron Rodgers. how's all of that going everyone's gonna be intrigued to see i know i'm going to be watching it i'm very excited for it aaron Rodgers a little bit not so much but well, get over it, buddy. You're in New York. You're in the big time now. You're in New York City. Cameras, opinions are higher. The criticism, even harsher than Wisconsin. It's going to be interesting to see. But, you know, I'm pretty excited to watch the show and kind of just see how the Jets go about it. Like I said in the last episode, I do love hard knocks. I think it's very interesting to see the players outside of the football helmet. We get to see kind of like what they're like, like in their and kind of like when you see them as normal people, I guess is a good way to put it. You kind of just see how they interact with each other and kind of different personalities. And you would probably see like on the on the football field, some of them you're surprised that they're very quiet, even though they're very energetic on the field or vice versa. Or they're the same way on the field like they are in real life. It's crazy. Very excited. But training camp is around the corner. Everyone's about to start reporting soon. I know for the Dallas Cowboys, they report... I believe next week. Next week they have they're gonna report to Oxford, California, which is where they always do their um, training camp every year. So I'm very excited to see you know kind of what's going on with that and kind of seeing who's gonna make the cut and going going into the preseason. And then also before I begin on my first topic, I want to give a huge shout out to the Air Raiders. They won their game. They're in the TBT basketball tournament live on ESPN Plus. They beat the Purple Hearts in Lubbock. Uh, the Air Raiders is basically. Um, 
made up of a lot of Texas Tech alumni basketball players. I know a lot of the basketball players on this year's team was part of the 2019 National Championship run, so that's very exciting. Matt Mooney, Davide Moretti, uh, Tariq Owens, and more. I believe uh, Kyle Edwards is there, and some other players, and some more like Texas Tech alumni that are playing this year, so I'm very excited. They beat the Purple Hearts last, uh, as of this recording, last night, so they're, I believe they're playing Friday. They're going up against the New, New Mexico alumni, something like that, but congratulations to the Arrow Raiders and winning last night as of this recording. They won last night, and congratulations to them. I'm very excited to keep seeing them playing. I'm excited to see the little reunion of the 2019 uh, basketball uh, championship team that's basically with the Air Raiders that was part of that championship run for Texas Tech. Very excited to see that. So, moving on to the first topic of today. It has been reported today that the NFL has agreed on the purchase of the Commanders. Yes, Dan Snyder is officially gone from the Washington Commanders. I know a lot of people have been pleading for it. They've been begging for it. Commander fans have been wanting him to go. I've been wanting him to go. That man is just not good for the organization. He has not done a lot with Washington. You know, he tries. It's just, it's been a mess since he's been for the past few years. Obviously, what happened with RG3 and, the, you know, they basically broke him after they drafted him. What happened in the stadium, the stadium problems with the the pipe bursting on NFL fans, and then the rail break, breaking on fans trying to high-five Jalen Hurts while he's trying to go back to the tunnel, everybody falling, the sexual assault allegations that was happening, which I thought was one of the bigger things whenever the story came out from the cheerleaders saying that you know they had quote-unquote private auditions in front of Snyder and other representatives from the organization, you know, making it look bad. I believe they found out in the investigation that he did do that, and there was... Uh, sexual assault going on and on top of that i believe there was a case that he was lying uh about like the about what was like what they were making in the nfl books it was like 11 million dollars or something like that so basically snyder was a shady guy running an nfl organization and i believe like he was the main reason and he was kind of like the main component of what was in the way of the commanders trying to take that next step forward just because, you know, it was kind of his way or no way or something, you know, kind of along those lines. And along with that, you know, he just, he's just not a good guy to have, you know, running the organization or at least being the face, you know, of the owner, you know, an owner of that organization that's having all these issues. And I believe another one was the changing the name from the Redskins to uh, the Washington football team for a while because of, like, the Native American thing. And then even uh, he was saying, no, we're not going to change no matter what. And then FedEx withholding their sponsorship, about to lose money. He said, you know what, never mind, we'll do it. And now that he's gone, uh, I'm blanking on the name on who bought him out, uh, who ended up buying him for, like, six point. Uh, $0.05 million or $6.08 million, one of the two. Bought him out for $6 million. Incredible. I'm very happy that the Commanders were able to finally move on from Dan Snyder. The Dan Snyder era is officially over, thankfully, just because I wouldn't say he's running that organization into the ground. He's just not, not, not really good business practice for the organization, not much going on. And then, especially right now with what's going on with the Commanders, you know, not having really good seasons this past couple of years after... Uh, Kirk Cousins has went uh, went away to Minnesota. They've been on a quarterback hunt for years. You know they still don't have one. They have Sam Howell and I think uh, Jacoby Brissett, which who knows how that's gonna go. Like I said, RG three who got hurt because they overplayed him, even though he was on injury. The sexual assault allegations, allegations. Sorry about that. And then on top of that, the whole money thing going on. 
it was it was just time for Snyder to go. It was just a matter of who was official, who was going to officially like try to buy him out of the Commanders, and if he was ever going to sell. Because I know he was pretty adamant about not selling the team. He wanted to be the owner for a very long time, and he he was like essentially he was never going to let it go. Like he was never going to let go of the organization. But finally, the he did, and the NFL today officially stamp of approve the purchase of the Commanders. So Dan Snyder is officially gone. So you know. Goodbye to Dan Snyder. Hopefully this is going to open up new avenues for the commanders with someone new in charge. They don't have to worry about Dan Snyder anymore. And maybe they can help rebuild the reputation of the commanders, especially, you know, with the sexual assault allegations and then Snyder withholding money from the NFL. And just seeing the damage that that owner, Dan Snyder, did to that organization was just, it was just crumbling and it was soon to be very negative towards the organization. It was just going to be a bad reflection overall to the Washington Commanders or football organization. But now with the new GM, uh, the new owner coming in, maybe they can rebuild their reputation, kind of make things right with the allegations and the money issue uh, that the NFL investigated and found out was true. I believe Snyder was fined like $11 million, you know, after they discovered all the stuff that was going on. It was something like that. But Snyder is gone. Hopefully the Commanders can now move on, you know, and, you know, kind of rebuild that reputation for Washington. Alrighty, so next topic for today, another NFL player has been high in the news, you know, possibly causing a revolution, we don't know, we're talking about Saquon Barkley. So, on Monday, I believe it was Monday, by 4pm Eastern Time, they had to. he has to have reached a deal with the New York Giants, or at least on a long term, or he's going to have to sign the franchise tag, and that did not happen. So, why... Not so. From what it has been reported, that the Giants gave him three deal, three different deals, and they all did not suffice to what Saquon Barkley has produced for the New York Giants. And now we're at a crossroads here because he may hold out, he may not. He's kind of leaving cryptic messages. You know, if he will, if he won't. You know, he still has the power. I'm not gonna. I don't remember his full quote, but I know he mentioned that he could always just not play and then lose out on ten million dollars and then get fined after that and kind of just see the the Giants crumble. My problem with this thing is that they could have paid Saquon Barkley. They really could, but they paid Daniel Jones a big contract, and now they can't pay the actual best player on the team, which is Saquon Barkley. Saquon was already 40% of that whole offense. He was the main reason why the Giants were actually winning games. I believe someone brought up that like when he was doing well, the Giants weren't winning. I don't really think so, and it kind of depends on your definition of, you know, doing well you know he, he can have a giant rushing game and still lose i get that but also he doesn't have to always have a giant you know rushing attack game he doesn't have to rush for 150 on 15 20 quick carries he can always just be you know that player that makes the impact you know like he does enough to get the offense moving or he makes you know the last second runs of you know kind of put the giants over the edge which is what they did this past season and he also helped you know that offense grow this past uh, this past year because we were seeing what Daniel Jones can do without Saquon, which is not very much. And then we saw what he could do with Saquon, which is a little bit more. So with Saquon, they were able to open up more RPOs for the offense. They were able to pull read option plays because what do you do with a read option? You either have to worry about Daniel or you have to worry about Saquon. Nine times out of ten, you're going to worry about more about Saquon Barkley than Daniel Jones. Or the same thing with the RPOs when they make the reads. What do you? What do most defenses try to account for? Saquon Barkley, the running back, or I guess depending on the offense, but in this scenario, it's going to be Saquon. That's the player that you worry about the most when you're going up against an offense like that. 
So with him opening up the offense to more than just hopefully Daniel Jones can throw 10 yards down the field without throwing an interception or throwing it in the dirt, they're able to open it up a little bit more. Why do, why do teams run the ball? It's to throw. So it opens up the passing game as well. So now with Saquon Barkley not getting a deal because he checks out all these boxes that we would want out of a running back, it, it's going to be interesting to see what they're going to do because I know there's been like an article and reports with Austin Eckler and other running backs, you know, saying that they may have to take a stand on this because running backs should be um, paid. They should be paid well enough for what they have done and what they do. And in the case of Saquon Barkley, I completely agree. I do believe he should get paid pretty good. You know, because he's helped out the offense so much. He's helped out the Giants. He's the face of the organization for the New York Giants. He helps out with ticket sales, jersey sales, all that good stuff, getting seats and butts. You name it, that's what he does. He's a dynamic player. He's helped out that offense. Some other running backs that are noted that did not also sign a long-term deal was Josh Jacobs, who was one of the top running backs in the league last year, and Tony Pollard, who's rising to be the running back one for the Dallas Cowboys. Those were the other two that did not sign any long-term contracts, which we weren't sure. I believe Tony Pollard already said he's going to play under the franchise tag, and I believe Josh Jacobs is going to play under the franchise tag as well. So we'll have to see what's going to go on there. But in the case of Saquon Barkley... It's just that he needs to get paid something. Like, And now, I'm not advocating a five-year contract because we don't know what he'll look like in five years. And, I mean, when you see what happens to running, back now, uh, running backs nowadays, they do, you know, they do break down a lot more and a lot quicker. We've seen it with running backs right now, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, Dalvin Cook. You name it, we've seen it. And, I mean, Debo Samuel was already starting to feel defected, and he's not even a permanent running back. CMC, Christian McCaffrey, he was starting to have a lot of injuries in Carolina before he moved out to the 49ers. We were starting to see it with him. We, we've seen it with running backs that start to get injured. Not everyone could be like Frank Gore, who can play for such a long time. Not everyone could be like him. But, you know, they can do enough to help out the team, or maybe they are a big part of the team, like Saquon is. He's about 40% of that whole offense, and he what he is what makes the offense run. So he should get paid, you know, pretty wealthy. Now, I've been advocating maybe a three-year deal max. I don't know about four. I'd say maybe a three-year contract under a certain amount of money because they can always go back and restructure it in year two and see what they can do. You know, at least they paid them for the short term, and they can figure out what they want to do, you know, probably if they want to – Give them another contract or an extension. That's going to be up to the Giants, but at least they used them to the full. They used them to its full capability before he hits the free agency market. Because keep in mind, after this season, he can go be a free agent or he can get franchise tagged again. We'll have to see what's going to happen. But kind of just seeing what's going on with that is just, in my opinion, Saquon should get paid because he is the most important. Now, if he was, if it was any other quarterback that. Wasn't like if he was playing with, then it might be a whole other argument. But for the for him being with the Giants, he's the best player on the team. He needs to get some money. Now, another question that's been brought up that I've kind of been seeing a little bit everywhere is on the Giants team, who's more valuable, Daniel Jones or Saquon? I've been advocating it's Saquon. Now, truth or reality, the quarterback is always going to be the most important on the team. Which so by default, it's going to be Daniel Jones because from how we saw it play out with the 49ers in Philadelphia in the playoff game, you need at least a competent quarterback. Even if you have all this talent, you don't have a competent quarterback. It ain't going to work. you know. And we've seen that. So by default, Daniel Jones is the most important. But who's the most valuable is Saquon. Because like I said, he's already 40% of the offense. We, I've already said the stats on Daniel Jones with and without Saquon. He throws... About he throws a lot better with Saquon Barkley being in the backfield than he does without. Like he like we've I've seen it 
you know, throughout his whole career, with with and without Saquon, he with he's better with Saquon than he is without him. Because when he didn't play with Saquon, when he didn't play for the whole year, he was not good. He wasn't. Even this past season, only 15 touchdowns to, I think, five interceptions still isn't great because Justin Fields threw more touchdowns. Russell Wilson threw more touchdowns. There's a lot of players that out, out threw Daniel Jones in touchdowns. I believe the standing... Uh, the most outstanding stat he had was like he had a, quite a few rushing touchdowns because that offense opened up a little bit more. But who is that because? It's because of Saquon, because they were able to open up the playbook a little bit more and use Daniel Jones' athletic ability with Saquon. But obviously it only works if Saquon Barkley is there because most teams that are going to go up against the Giants are going to fear Saquon more than going to fear Daniel Jones. I, I've even gone about that, you know, that mindset as well as a Cowboys fan when we play the Giants. I'm not scared of Daniel Jones. I'm really not. As a Cowboys fan, I'm not. Or even like any other team that go that plays against the Giants. I'm not scared of Daniel Jones. The one I'm scared of is Saquon Barkley because he can just go off in the game. He can just make a defensive line, you know, pay. He can burst, you know, he can burst through windows. He's an all-around great running back. He's probably one of the top court, uh, running backs in the league right now, and that's who I most fear because he's so good, you know. And defense is planned for him. Then they do. Then they plan for Daniel Jones because he he's not that great. In all honesty, without Saquon Barkley, now do, did he take a little bit of a step forward this past season? Yes, but that's when Saquon Barkley played the whole season, and he you know he was able to at least take a little bit of that jump forward. You know, and now they see what kind of offense they can run with Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, not just with Daniel Jones, because if they put someone else in the backfield with Daniel Jones, it, it just ain't gonna work. I feel like that offense isn't gonna run. You know, as efficiently with without Saquon Barkley. Yes, they added Darren Waller and Hyatt from Tennessee. They kind of added some weapons, you know, for Daniel Jones to throw to. But at the end of the day, Saquon is that offense, and he needs to be paid paid the same amount as you know as much as he's valuable. And he's the most valuable on that whole team, in my opinion. It's going to be Saquon. Like I said, sadly by default, it's going to be Daniel Jones because he's the quarterback, and the quarterback is the most important position on the field. But in terms of who's going to be more valuable, Saquon or Daniel Jones, or who would I want more, it's going to be Saquon because he's proven time and time again that he, you know, he can be a top running back because he is a top running back and he can help the offense, which is what he did this past season. Now, granted, they did get a better coach who was able to fit a scheme that fits Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, but Saquon Barkley was able to make it work. And from what I've seen, whenever I watch games for the Giants and they were struggling. They were struggling because they were because defenses were stopping Saquon Barkley. If Saquon Barkley was not having a great game, neither were the Giants because the Giants could not figure it out either. So there was that blockade with you know when Saquon was not having a great game, the Giants' offense was not flurrying either because they were struggling to move the ball as well. There were times where maybe Daniel Jones, you know, he broke out a run or he made a good throw and they were able to kind of get some momentum. But essentially, if Saquon Barkley was not having a great game, then the, that offense just wasn't going to move as efficiently as you know as he as he does if he had a great game. So with that, Saquon Barkley is definitely the most valuable player the Giants have and they need to pay him some kind of money or he's gonna hold out. Especially since now we're hearing about, you know, this running back possible revolution that they're having. I know Austin Eckler already made a comment. He's playing under the franchise tag, I believe. Tony Pollard's playing. He didn't say anything, but I know he's playing under the franchise tag. Josh Jacobs, who was like the best thing out of the Raiders last season. King Henry, who's been the best thing about the Tennessee Titans, period. So, and now with D-Hop coming in, he's probably going to help him out a little bit more. But the running backs are kind of like rallying together and, 
you know, kind of forming this little alliance to see, you know, what they can do. I read an article that Austin Eckler said that we, we may have to push back and Saquon Barkley might be, like, in on, you know, he's in the group chat, you know, with all the running backs in the league. So it's going to be interesting to see what's going to be end up happening. I don't know if it's going to result in running backs holding out. I highly doubt it because it's a lot of money if you hold out and you miss training camp. It's going to be a lot of money that you're going to end up owing, and at the end of the day, you're going to either want to play and get a get a contract or not. But it's going to depend on what's going to, really going to happen and what the NFL is going to do about the situation. All righty. So next topic, I said we begin the Cowboys talk right now. So some interesting news that came out of this week: Zach Martin, bet one of the best guards, if not the best right guard in all of football, has been reported, and there's a rumor that he may not show up to training camp. Why is this an issue? I'll tell you why. The best guard in the NFL resides with the Dallas Cowboys. He has been the most consistent guard in the NFL. I believe he's about to turn 33, and he doesn't look like he's skipped a beat at all over these last few years. Now, let me tell you, Zach Martin right now is on a six-year, $84 million contract. However... He is not happy with his current contract and he wants it to be restructured and he may hold out of this. He might not go to training camp and he may hold out, you know, until the season starts. Will he do that? I don't think so, but I'll get to that in a minute. So when you kind of look at it, you know, when he signed the contract in 2018, so six years, 84 million, I believe he was like one of the top paid uh, line, offensive linemen in the NFL at the time. But then obviously Quentin Nelson got some money and then more and more players started uh, t- getting getting uh, more offensive guards, started getting paid more and more. Now, Saquon, or not Saquon Barkley, sorry. Now, Zach Martin feels like he needs to get paid a little bit more because he's been the most consistent player um, on the Dallas Cowboys team who, uh, this just this past season alone, he allowed zero sacks and only allowed 12 QB pressures, which is pretty good. It's top in the NFL. And he wants to get paid as a top guard in the NFL because he feels like he's been he's been living up to his contract, which I agree. I think he's been the most consistent player, and he's definitely helped out the great wall of uh, the great wall of Dallas. He helped. He's I believe he's helping out Tyler uh, Tyler Smith right now in his position at left guard. You know, I remember there was a game where he had to come in at right tackle. So you met, so you can imagine running a toss play with Zach with Zach Martin running at you. It's absolutely terrifying, and he's been doing great, especially at his age, almost being 33, and he's been able to keep up for a very long time, and he's been this consistently good, you know, throughout his career. He's, I believe, right, uh, this past year from Madden, he got put on the 99 Club. Congratulations, Zach Martin, by the way. So, do I think he should get paid? I believe he should get a little bit more. I don't know how much more, because the thing I want to consider, you know, about this, about him getting rest- uh, getting a restructure of his contract or whatever he wants, is that we got to consider uh, three names that are going to come up next season that may hit the salary cap. Number one is C.D. Lamb. He's about to run out his rookie contract. Trayvon Diggs is about to be- expire his running his rookie contract. Tony Pollard, his franchise tag, is over next year. So those are some three top names that I would consider, you know, having to think about how much we're going to be able to give Zach Martin at least a, at least give him a raise or restructure the contract because it is going to be more expensive that they just sign him another deal. They're going to add up it's going to be a little bit more money, you know, especially since they're still paying Dak Prescott right now. Who knows how much they still owe Ezekiel Elliott in guarantees since they cut him. Uh they did make a little bit of salary cap room with them cutting Zeke. 
So it's going to be, you know, maybe they can kind of wiggle some kind of restructure to help out Zach Martin, at least maybe this season and maybe next. It's going to be, it's kind of crazy because I would never think this would come out of Zach Martin. I would never think that this would ever happen, you know, because right now he's making $13.5 million this season, but he's making $7 million less from the top guard who I'm blanking on his name, but he makes about $20 million a year. So he probably feels that I should get paid at least almost 20 million, but we're going to see what he wants. And we're going to see like, maybe like what's kind of his price range before training camp, which starts next week for the Dallas Cowboys. So we have a little bit of time and we also still have about 50, 52 days before the NFL season starts. So we have time to restructure the contract. Will he hold out though, which is one of the questions that's being asked is if he's going to hold out. I don't really think so because on top of the fact that he would get fined $50,000 a day for missing training camp, on top of that, he's a leader in the locker room and on that offense and overall just for the Dallas Cowboys organization. He's, he's just the leader of that team. So I don't think he would ever put his team in a position where he's not going to be there and present to help out the Dallas Cowboys, especially since they are look, you know, looking pretty good and they're kind of excited for the season. So with that, I don't think he will hold out. I think that he's just expressing, expressing that, hey, I'm a, I should get paid a little bit more, Jerry, kind of fork it over a little bit, especially since they're, you know, they paid. Dak Prescott all this money, they paid Ezekiel Elliott a lot of money, which I don't know how much they still owe Zeke and guarantees, and they still are paying uh, Dak Prescott, and out of everyone that's been on that team, Zach Martin has been the most consistent, and he's still probably the top guard in the NFL, or if not, one of the best, so... I think he should get some sort of like maybe like a bonus or maybe if they do restructure his contract, give him a little bit, probably closer to if he's making $13.5 million this, this season. I would say probably close to 15 or 16. I wouldn't try to put him in 20 because then who knows what the salary cap. Because like I said, keep in mind, we still have three other players that we're going to have to see if we can even pay, which is CD, Trayvon, and Tony Pollard. If Tony Pollard ends up having another great season, we're going to have to find a way to pay him. CeeDee Lamb is a number is our number one wide receiver. Uh, Jerry Jones loves him. Mike McCarthy, Dak. I don't I don't really see them trying to move on from CeeDee Lamb and try to find another number one wide receiver. You know, CeeDee loves being in Dallas. So he's probably gonna get a contract. And Trayvon Diggs, who's emerged as one of the top uh, one of the top corners in the league, definitely one of the best ball hawks in the league. You don't want him to go anywhere, so they're probably gonna try to give him a contract, and then we're gonna have to see what happens with Tony Pollard. So I think that this whole kind of contract restructure and all this stuff going on with Zach Martin and trying to see what they're going to do with him and see how much they're going to pay him is going to be a little bit of a dicey one just because those three players are going to be up for contract uh, contract negotiations and probably deals and stuff like that. And then behind them is going to be Micah Parsons, who's coming up soon for his contract. So there's a lot of people on that team that may want a paycheck and Zach, Zach Martin's uh, already has he already has a deal that's set for I believe a couple more years. So it's going to be interesting to see what Jerry Jones does. But Jerry Jones can make it happen. He's a he's a businessman at heart. He can make it work, and I'm sure he can meet in the middle with Zach Martin and his agent. Just like I said, I think this is a little bit more like he's expressing his frustration. I don't think it's going to lead to him you know, holding out because he's not, I believe he loves his team way too much to do that. I think it's just like, it's one of those like Saquon, like Saquon Barkley's like power move is I can always hold out and not come back until I get paid. That's always an option. But like I said, there's going to be negative repercussions if he misses out on training camp, which is 50, 
$50,000 per day he's missed. And then on top of that, how much, you know, how much he'll get fined for missing the season. So, or how much he'll miss, he'll miss out on for not playing the season. So I don't think he'll hold out. Um, and I also don't believe he's going to miss training camp. I think he will be there. I just think he wants the Dallas Cowboys to know, like, I'm not happy. Let's get a contract going. <clears throat> Alrighty. So next topic for this podcast episode. So, uh, this one is going to be wrapping up the NFC on who I think will win the division. So we're stopping at the last one with the Dallas Cowboys, the NFC East. So here's who I have winning the NFC East. It's going to be a close call. I think it's not going to be a blowout like it was last year, but I also don't think it's going to be, you know, it's going to come down to the last game of the season. I think like around 15, 16 is when it's going to wrap up who's going to win the division. But I have the Dallas Cowboys winning the division. Here's why. Here's They're going to be in a race with the Eagles. Let's start with um, the other two. The Commanders, I don't really see them making a splash. They have talent, but their quarterback situation, they're hoping Sam Howell can get it done or Jacoby Brissett, but who knows what's going to happen. And then, you know, I know Ron Rivera's job is, you know, he's probably going to be in the hot seat this season, so we're going to so we're gonna have to wait and see. Uh, Eric Bieniemy is going to be coming in, you know, to help out on that offense, but I still don't think they're going to be. it's going to be enough to get them, you know, to win the division. And then the Giants are gonna, probably going to finish third because if they, I mean, they may finish fourth if they don't have Saquon Barkley, but... But I still don't think they're gonna they're gonna do well enough to pass the Cowboys or the Eagles or at least get close to them. Maybe they have a chance to win a wild card spot like they did this past year, but I don't see them possibly winning the division. So it's gonna come down to Dallas and the Eagles. Here's what the problem is with the Philadelphia Eagles. So number one, they lost both coordinators. They lost the o- the offensive coordinator who is now the head coach in Indianapolis, and then they lost the defensive coordinator to Arizona to be the head coach over there. So they don't have coordinators. I believe they they uh, gave a promotion to Brian Johnson, who was on Nick Sirianni's team uh, for the I think for the past two years. So now he's going to be the offensive coordinator with Nick Sirianni. And I don't know what's going to happen on defense. But they were losing both coordinators, which I believe was a key factor in uh, how well they did this past season. Because now they're going to have to possibly change stuff up, especially since uh, the offensive coordinator is probably going to take some stuff that Philly did over two Indianapolis with their new young quarterback and Anthony Richardson. So that's going to be that's already like a big problem. I think in, in my opinion is that they do not have both their coordinators and now they're hiring two new people to come on in. The next problem, they lost a lot of key players in free agency uh, on the defensive side. You know, C.J. Garner Johnson, um, Kepps, and some other players. So they lost them. I will give them a prop that they did resign Darius Slay, big play Slay, even though they were about to let him go in free agency, or they're about to cut him, which I thought was really dumb, but they kept him, but they still lost a lot of key players on that defense, so that's what's going to hurt them the most, because when I saw them in that Super Bowl game, and I when I saw them kind of play certain uh, teams that would outscore them, like the Dallas Cowboys, whenever they went to they went to AT&T Stadium, and they were able to drop 40 on them, and then the Kansas City Chiefs being able to, you know, they dropped a lot of points on the Eagles. We saw that that defense, even with the talent that they had, if you had the right offense, you can you can beat them. The prop, the only issue that was frustrating was the offense was Matt was scoring every time with the opposing offense, so it was hard to try to outscore them. But that defense did have problems. That's why when people would say they're one of the best defenses in the league, it would be it would be hit or miss because there would be games where they do really well, but then there will be games where they they allow like 30, 40 points, which is what we saw, and we saw that in the Super Bowl. They allowed a lot of points, 
to Kansas City, who on paper has a lesser offense than Philadelphia did because Philadelphia had two of the best, two really good wide receivers in A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, Miles Sanders. They had a great offensive line led by Jason Kelsey, Dallas Goddard, a top tight end in the league. They had weapons uh, compared to what Patrick Mahomes had in Kansas City. But the, but their defense, who had all this talent, still allowed Kansas City on a one-legged Patrick Mahomes to drop about 40 points. Uh, 30 40 points on them in the Super Bowl. So now losing the coordinator that was leading that defense Now he's gone and now they're losing all that talent that they had You know who knows what's gonna look like now now who they drafted Nolan Smith and Jalen Carter to come in They're not gonna play this season. That's kind of the problem I like the picks, but they're not gonna play because they re-signed Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox for another year to come on in and maybe, you know, show them the ropes, help them out, you know, kind of get them ready for what they're about to go up against in the NFC East and in the future of their NFL careers. Problem, Jalen Carter, who showed up to his pro day overweight, he had off-the-field problems because he got in that car accident. He had the whole bad attitude when he was going into the interviewing process for the draft when he was saying, I only talk to teams with top 10 picks, which hurt him a lot because he kind of fell a little bit. But, you know, it's it's a dependency on if he's going to be good. Nolan Smith, I think, will be the better of the two just because he's a little bit more disciplined from what I saw. He's, uh, you know, he's going to be at the linebacker position. But like I said, Brandon Graham is still going to be there, and so is Fletcher Cox. So those two players are not even going to play the season. Maybe they'll get in some reps that may be second string, but they're not going to come in. So Eagles fans are going to have to wait and see if, like, if they're going to be good for their draft picks. Now, with all that set and done for the Philadelphia Eagles, yes, they still have a pretty good offense. They kind of lost out with Miles Sanders going to Carolina, but they brought in Rashad Penny. Jalen Hurts is still going to be there and be dynamic, and they still have uh, some pretty good wide receivers, and Dallas Garrett's still there. So I don't think it's really problems with the offense. The problem is going to be with their defense, because their their offense can score all the points that they want, but if their defense allows more points, they're going to lose every time. And you know it worked a little bit last season, but it didn't it didn't work in the Super Bowl trying to outscore Kansas City because Kansas City always fired back and they were able to take the lead and take it you know and Patrick Mahomes was able to get you know, drive downfield and score with little time left for Jalen Hurts to work with. So we've, so it can happen. You can beat that Philadelphia team because that defense wasn't as great as some people thought. They had moments where they looked like a top defense, but then there were other moments where they allowed so many points. So that's the issue with the Philadelphia Eagles, and I think that's what's going to be the ultimate demise of the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, not winning the division this year. They may, they probably will take another while. They'll probably take a wild card spot, but I don't think they're going to win the division. Now let's mo- let's move on over to the, my Dallas Cowboys. So first up, they uh, they filled the biggest weakness in my opinion that the team had, which was cornerback two. Because my problem last season was that aside of Trayvon Diggs, when Anthony Brown went got hurt, we did not have a back we did not have a good cornerback to back him up. Anthony Brown was already picked on a lot last season because no one wanted to throw the ball to Trayvon Diggs because that man's a ball hawk. He can go after the ball, and so they picked on Anthony Brown a lot who got burnt some of the time. There were some of the times he made great plays, and there were other times where he got burnt and it did not look good. Or they would line up their top their top receiver against him. I know there were a couple of times in the Eagles game they tried to line up A.J. Brown with 
Anthony with Anthony Brown, and they put Devontae Smith with Trayvon Diggs, so that way they can get that mismatch with Anthony Brown. You know, same thing with the Commanders. They would put Scary Terry on the side of Anthony Brown, and he would he would beat him some of the time. So now with the Dallas Cowboys adding Stephon Gilmore, who's coming in, who's one of the best cornerbacks in the league still, that's gonna that helps out a lot on that defense. They added a strength to a strength because they already have a top defense right now on paper. They have one of the top defenses in the league. And now they just added in one of the best corners in the game, along with Trayvon Diggs, who's emerging to be one of the top corners in the game. They're added, they put both of them on opposite sides of each other, especially since you see the talent that's building up in the NFC, like with Seattle adding Jackson Smith and Jigba to their offense. The, uh, the 49ers, who have Debo, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, they have, a, they have a dynamic offense. The Eagles, who have A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, they they have some key players, and that's not even including who else we have to who else we have to go up against this season. So adding Stephon Gilmore to that defense is just going to be a big help, especially since we don't have to solely rely on Trayvon Diggs, you know, covering their top wide receiver because all offenses have to do is adjust and put their top wide receiver against AJ uh, Anthony Brown. So with Stephon Gilmore being there, the secondary is set. You know, I think that now that they added that strength to the to the biggest weakness, which is what I thought was our biggest problem on defense, was was cornerback two. Now you add him with the safeties at up top with Malik Hooker and Donovan Wilson, who got who resigned the season, which was another big signing for the Dallas Cowboys. That secondary set. Then you have the linebacking core of Van Der Esch with uh, Micah Parsons, and I believe they're going to add in. Um, I believe the LSU linebacker that's coming in, or they're going to put an overshot, one of the two there. And then you have our defensive front, who just drafted Mozzie Smith, who's going to be a great run stuffer, especially against that really, that really, really crazy Philadelphia play where they come in and Reggie and they bush push Jalen Hurts all the way past everybody. He's going to be great, uh, great run stuffer because that was one of the things that the Dallas Cowboys suffered from was run defense. They weren't the best at stopping the run last year, but now they added him and I believe they extended uh, another defensive tackle that we got from the Raiders. So they're both going to be there, you know, helping the front and then uh, D-Law and and uh, Williams, uh, Sam Williams is going to be there at the defensive end with Micah Parsons also hunting for the quarterback. So that's just defense alone. That's just that side of the ball. Let's move move on over to the offense. The biggest problem I thought we had on offense is that we did not have another wide receiver to help out C.D. Lamb. It was C.D. Lamb or bust because Jalen Tolbert did not do well. They were relying on C.D. or Michael Gallup, and the, sometimes it just really didn't work. We saw the interceptions that Dak threw. So now they go on and add Brandon Cooks, who is a deep field threat. He's a he's a pretty good wide receiver. You know, he did really well with the Patriots. He went to try to help out Houston for a couple years. You know, he's a journey guy, but he's a really good wide receiver. I was very surprised that he just hops from team to team every year, but he he's pretty good and he's pretty dynamic. So you put him next to CeeDee Lamb, who is a threat either way. He can beat you downfield, he can beat you in the slot, he can run inside, he can run out routes. He, he's a pretty da- uh, dynamic wide receiver, and then you put uh, Michael Gallup at wide receiver three, who, you know, he has a little bit of speed, and he's coming off his ACL injury, but now, you know, being at wide receiver three, it can help him out a little bit. He doesn't have to be on the field so much, and maybe he can give his knee a little bit of a rest, and he doesn't have to try to beat, you know, a safety in a quarter downfield, because that's what we have Brandon Cooks for. So adding, the, adding Brandon Cooks to the re- wide receiver game is going to change everything for Dak. On top of reports saying that Mike McCarthy, who's taking over offensive play calls, is going gonna, is gonna to simplify the offense for Dak instead of making it 
super complicated compared to what Kellen Moore was doing with all the crazy formations of what they were doing. They wanted, He wants to simplify the offense for Dak Prescott and see if he can thrive in a much simpler offense which Dak is liking there have been reports that he's you know he's happy with Mike McCarthy calling the plays he thinks he's doing a great job we'll have to see come the football season starting but simplifying the offense for Dak which should help Dak Prescott you know thrive a little bit more probably lesser the turnovers you know they want to run the ball a little bit more even though they were ranked six last year in rushing but they want to run the ball more especially since they added a bunch of new running backs in uh, Ronald Jones, they added Deuce Vaughn, Malik Davis is coming in. So that running back, uh, basically that depth, that running back is very deep. And on top of that, they added some more weapons to tight end. So we already have Ferguson and Hendershot, who Ferguson, I think, is a great blocking tight end. And he can go out in the flats and go get some tough yards. Hendershot, who's a little bit more... Uh, he's a little bit more lean than Ferguson, but he looks like a you know he can play you know outside he can play inside slot you know he looks like a like a really good receiving tight end. And then on top of that, in the draft we got Shoemaker from Michigan, who did pretty well last season for the Michigan Wolverines. Is coming to Dallas. I know I wanted Dalton Kincaid, but Shoemaker is not going to be that bad you know to add to that offense. You know he did really like I said he did really well. In Michigan, I know he had a, a couple of good big plays against TCU in the college football playoffs, helping out with, you know, with Michigan and Harbaugh. So adding him to the tight end room, you know, just adds even more uh, fuel to the fire. So there's a bunch of new guys and young guys, but they're going to be contributing to the offense and the defense compared to, you know, who, who the Philadelphia has who aren't going to play, such as Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith. They're not even going to play. Mozzie Smith, at least, is coming in to make an effort. Shoemaker's probably going to come in and make it, uh, kind of make an effect a little bit because he, I think he can do a little bit of both of Ferguson and Hendershot. He's a little bit of both. He can block and he can, you know, be a great receiving tight end. Ferguson is a great blocker and he can run the flat and Hendershot looks like he's going to be a great um, receiving tight end. So we have three dynamic people at tight end and they're very young, so that's even better. So they're not going to be, they're all on rookie deals, I believe. And then you have the running back situation with Ronald Jones, Tony Pollard, Deuce Vaughn, and uh, Malik Davis. So you're going to have a pretty pretty large running back room behind Dak Prescott and then Mozzie Smith coming in for defensive tackle. So you add all these together, I think the Dallas added a lot more than Philadelphia did. I think Philadelphia lost more than Dallas. So I think that's what's going to be the key difference uh, in it. I believe, I know the Dallas Cowboys lost McGovern. That's why Tyler Smith is going to move to left guard and then... Tyrone Smith's going to left tackle. We'll have to see how long that's going to last. But overall, what Dallas has done and what they built, you know, they lost a little bit, but they were able to rebuild more than probably Philadelphia did, is going to be the difference maker. Because with Philadelphia losing some key players on defense and Dallas adding more key players to their defense, it's going to, it's going to help them be able to stop those dynamic offices that are in the NFC this year and all the weapons that everyone's building up on. So I'm very excited for the season, and that's why I believe the Dallas Cowboys will win the NFC East. We also have the fact that we have not had a back-to-back -back winner in such a long time, so we have that in our back pocket too. But at the end of it, I believe the Dallas Cowboys will win the division. It's going to be probably towards like week 15, uh, week 16, maybe 17 is when they're going to decide the winner. But the Eagles are going to be right on the tail. But I just I don't think I think they lost way too much to make as big of an impact as they did this past uh, this past Super Bowl run. So I don't think that they're gonna have like that big that great of a year again. I think they may take a step back from the Super Bowl. 
Um, I don't think it's going to be like a Super Bowl hangover, but it's definitely going to be a little bit more different compared to last season. Since they since the Eagles did lose both their coordinators, and now they're running with a new with a new offensive coordinator with Nick Sirianni, who's still there, which is still good. They still have Nick Sirianni, which is not bad. Jalen Hurts and that offense is still there, but the defense is what is going to be hurting the most. And then for Dallas, they added to the defense, and they also added to the offense. All it's going to depend on is which quarterback is going to do better, Jalen Hurts or Dak Prescott. With this offense, and hopefully the simplified offense, the simplified offensive schemes is going to help out Dak Prescott. In the end, I believe the Dallas Cowboys are going to win the NFC East. But alrighty, everyone, that's going to wrap things up on this episode of the CAV Sports Podcast. This episode will be up on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Make sure you follow me on all my social media at CAV Sports or CAV Sports Podcast. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram threads and let me know if you guys want me to post um i talked about a little bit earlier my fantasy team so i'm gonna be i have a group of friends that i'm doing a fantasy team for the year and then i also do DraftKings with my family which i'm very excited about by the way let me know if you guys want me to post for DraftKings who is my lineup for every week i think that'll be a lot of fun to see who you guys want uh who you guys are kind of seeing who i'm going to have for the week and go about it that route and then obviously who I'm going to have for the year with my friends on the other side and who's going to be on my team. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. I'll catch you guys in the next episode.